like including my 14 year old son, which he's done this and I'm like, good job. But at the same time, don't do that. Can go to YouTube, learn how to do something and sell it. My kid's 14. He like told somebody that he knew how to edit video and sold the service. You know what I mean? And I'm like, good for you, but dude, come on. Have a, like, you don't know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Hey, I'm Armando Leduc, producer, film actor, and owner of Leduc Entertainment. I have chosen a life off the beaten path and wanted to find others that are doing the same. Spaghetti on the Wall is a show based on all of the years that I've thrown spaghetti on the wall and nurtured what's stuck. We will share fun stories, ideas, tips, tricks, and more. Welcome to Spaghetti on the Wall. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on when you're consuming this podcast. Spaghetti on the Wall, back at it with Margarita Eberline or Eberline? Eberline sounds good. Eberline. Where are you from? Yep. Originally or like where, where was I born? Yeah, where were you born? Where, where are you originally from? So I'm a Californian by uh, Mexican parents. So cool. my country of origin is definitely Mexico. And so what part of California? San Fernando Valley, Southern California, born and raised. Why did you move? Wow. So I moved because I had a really awesome job opportunity with the Nielsen Company here in Atlanta, in Alpharetta, their satellite office. Mm -hmm. And I also just loved Atlanta. So even before that job opportunity came up, I thought, you know, one of these days I'm going to live in Atlanta. I visited here and I fell in love with it. I know it's crazy. Like with my background, why would I love it here? <laughs> but I do. I, I was, yeah, I was, I was just about to say, so I know you have a background in film. Right. Yeah. You worked. Uh, tell, tell me about tell us about that. So I've been in marketing various aspects of it for over 23 years, 24 years, 25 probably by now. And I started off with a passion for journalism, believe it or not. And I interned. I had a scholarship internship at NBC and that led me to get into the film industry because one of the things that I learned in uh, my scholarship internship was the value of doing things that make you happy. And I had this serendipitous like moment of inspiration after graduating college to hunt down the founder of Latina Magazine because I thought she was just this amazing person and it turned out we were working in the same building. And she and I happened to connect really well and a month later, she calls me and she says, hey, I just got hired to be a producer on this movie called Spanglish, and I need like a right-hand girl. She's like, even though, because we had this friendly banter, because she went to Stanford and I went to Berkeley. She's like, even though you went to the tree hugger school, I really like your vibe. Like, we should work together. Come work with me on this film. And that's how I got into film. I was like, okay. Like, I was early 20s, fresh out of college, and I'm like, let's do this. So that's how I ended up in film. Uh, and then that led me to Nielsen because I had this like drive and I learned it from her really to connect creative decisions with data. So I ended up with Nielsen, which then led me to Atlanta. So, yeah. And so when did you decide to, to, to branch off and do your own thing? Uh, it was shortly after a stint at Telemundo Atlanta. So I was with Nielsen. I left Nielsen. I decided to become a mom, so the traveling thing didn't really fit because when I was with Nielsen, I would travel a lot. I had two little boys at the time and decided to kind of slow things down. And 
I went to work at Telemundo and I had this moment where I, I'm, I'm calling it a moment of consciousness where I was selling people advertising. This was, let's see, over 10 years ago. I was selling people advertising and I found that a lot of these brick and mortar businesses that I was selling the TV advertising to, they weren't really monetizing it to its full potential because they didn't, and 10 years ago, they didn't have social media accounts. They didn't have a presence on Google. And so I would get into these conversations because I've always been a nerd. I'm always about reading and keeping up with things. And I would say, hey, you know, if you listed your business on Google, whenever people see your TV commercial, they'll Google you and they'll find you online. Like I would have, I, it seems crazy hearing myself talking about it. And so I would find myself having these conversations with people and I would give them advice. And a lot of them would take my advice and it would go well for them. And I got to the point where I'm like, why am I selling this like single thing when I have these bigger ideas, these more strategic concepts to offer? And I left. And I left because I'm like, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep selling TV advertising to people that are not monetizing it. It didn't feel good in my spirit. And so I left and I had no idea what I was gonna do. And I basically, because I'm a relationship person, I reached out to a lot of my favorite clients and I said, hey, such and such, you know, I've decided to leave Telemundo. It's been great getting to know you. I'm gonna figure out what my next steps are, but I love to stay in touch. That I had that conversation with a lot of people and the response was, come work for me, come work with me, help me. Like literally everything you told me to do helped my business, so I want more of that. And so that's how I ended up with my own agency, which as a joke, because I didn't think it was gonna be a thing. Like I thought I was gonna freelance and call it a day. Cause again, I was like, you know, mom and like, you know, figuring out what to do. And I called it social margarita. <laughs> Everybody was like, oh, you're so social. And so I'm like, yeah, I registered the LLC as social margarita as a joke. Like, cause I need, you know, for tax purposes. And then I started to get recomm recommendations, referrals, and I grew my business. Next thing I knew, I had this full service agency and I'm like, okay, I have to get serious now. And like, this is a serious business. And I, you know, was building a pretty decent amount of money and, you know, needed a lawyer and accountant and like, I had to get serious. And so I got a DBA called 360 Marketing Plus. And that was when I really put myself out there as an agency. And shortly after that, I uh, partnered with a couple of other agencies that did not work out, blew up in my face. And I started over with Marketing Boss with a different concept, which is what I have now. So it's not an agency. It's more of a fractional CMO services company that really focuses on empowering and educating people. And they're mostly business owners and their staff. So where the typical solution is, I don't like my agency, I'm not happy with my marketing or you know whatever the irritation is, I'm gonna, I need another one. Our solution is always no, you need to get better at managing your expectations. You need to be a better boss and lead these teams so that you can actually get what they want. Because what I was finding when I had my agency, I saw this a lot where people didn't know what they want. So like they would come and buy social media services and then they would say, I don't have any new clients, I'm firing you. And I'm like, you never asked for leads, you asked for social media content. Like get clear on what it is that you want. And I saw that pattern and I'm like, you know, I wanna educate business owners so they can actually figure out what it is that they want. They can set objectives that are measurable and they can be happy. And I wanna teach people and I love teaching. So now what we do is 
we come into a situation like where there's an agency or, or a staff or whatever, and we tell the business owner, don't fire them, don't, you know, no off with their heads, calm down, like, let's give them clear instructions and see what that does. And then sometimes that improves things because they're having more of a clear communication about what the business actually needs and what's expected. And then we fill in gaps with training. So we have this whole like library of resources that we offer to our clients, their vendors, their staff, so they can learn how to do better with the, you know, SEO, with email marketing, with, with whatever they need. And we're all about just teaching and training. So that's how I started with my own business. And then that's how it became what it is now. I asked, I, I answered two parts of the question that you didn't ask. <laughs> no, for sure. So how are you, cause, and I've noticed this in my business too, right? Like, you, you know, you start off with the marketing in one aspect and then it turns into more consultations. You know, are you mm -hmm. just stopping at the, the marketing end of things or do you get into like the processes and procedures also? Oh yeah, so because, because we don't have a marketing team and we don't implement, we can afford to only spend time really noodling through what's really happening with your business what does it really need? Like I have a really awesome, you know, case study with an attorney and she said this to me, I like, it's not like it was the strategy, but she was like, you literally came in here and gutted my entire business, not just the marketing, but you gutted my sales processes, my intake processes and simple things like customer experience. Once I signed up a new client and I feel like a weight has been lifted. Like I didn't even realize I had these problems. <laughs> And they and she thought her her problem was marketing when I started working, excuse me, my leg, when I started working with her, she was frustrated by a social media agency. And she thought that was her problem. She thought that the social media agency just wasn't doing a good job. But I got in there and I'm like, mm, no, like you got other issues here. Like the phone's ringing, like, you know, what's really happening? Yeah. So, yeah, we do um, get into other spaces as well. We have process conversations. We have. Uh, sales conversations. I actually just launched a sales and intake course for law firms inspired by my clients because I kept teaching people how to sell to really leverage marketing. And I'm like, you know, I'm gonna turn this into an online course to save myself time yeah. and to provide greater value to my clients that are in this particular space. But I've had other people, you know, that work at spas and real estate companies take the course and it still applies. Any kind of service, you know, business, it still applies. Because it's not just about getting the phone to ring. It's what are you doing with that lead? Like, how are you remarketing to them? That's all connected. Yeah, 100%. Which I'm sure that. you deal with a lot of that. All the time. All the time. It's so yeah. funny. Well, because, you know, we'll start with, you know, hey, we need to start marketing your business. Or they'll come to me, you know, oh, you know, I want, I want videos and this and this. And then I'm like, okay, great. You know, before we can start doing all of that, you know, let's, what's, what's the development phase? Right. Like just like a movie, you know, who is the audience? Are we targeting? You know, what's yeah. the messaging like the log line, the whole nine. Right. And I, I think that's where we come from is sort of that film background is, you know, how how do we make a movie? Right. And like, how do we and yeah. think about the distribution and, and, and all of that stuff ahead of time? But then, yeah, you run into so many problems on their processes and procedures be like, it doesn't matter if I give you a hundred clients coming through your door on a monthly basis, you can't handle it. You don't even know. Right. You, 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 you would be so overwhelmed 
you'd be drowning. Then you're going to get bad reviews, right? And then it's really not going to work. So before we even get into that, like, let's talk about what, where you're at, you know, and really where you're at right. and, you know, who, who, who's guiding you yeah. on this process, you know? So yeah, it just, uh, it, it does become that sort of feel, but I like it though. I, I do enjoy, you know, I do enjoy the, the, the coaching aspect and the consulting aspect, mm-hmm. you know, of this whole thing but so that it does work. But it's work. tough. Like, I, yeah, like I remember it was tough for me when I was in an agency role to fully serve my clients in that capacity because I was too busy managing the team that was fixing the stuff, yeah. you know, yeah. that's a full-time job. So I really feel for you, but a lot of vendors that are, that do marketing or, you know, make video, they'll refer to marketing boss because they get burnt out. Like yeah. here, she'll fix you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Cause it's exhausting. It's yeah. A lot. It's, it's I extremely you exhausting. For, for being so devoted to the consulting piece because you know, it's, it's a lot. Well, it's, it, it helps. It behooves us. Right. Cause like if, if it isn't if it isn't working right that they're not going to keep us on you know cuz they're like well armando stop you know stop bringing me people i, I can't even handle right. it you know so at that point i'm like okay right. how do i how do i keep them here you know what i mean and it's like all right well then now we got to yeah. solve problems you know but like i'm i'm uh, do you do you ever follow the disc the disc personality types you familiar with that so I recently did uh, a little orientation with one of the consultants that I've hired to help me with my business. Mm. He kind of walked me through the benefits of that. So I'm just now starting to get familiar with it. Um, it yeah. And it's, it is helpful. It's, yeah, very <laughs> it's helpful. It's almost like the five love languages, but like the professional version of it is what I understood. You know, it's so funny you talk about the five love languages um, because I thought, wouldn't it be great if there was a book that was the five love languages, but for business, right? Yeah. Like when, I think there is. Is there? I mean, it should be if they're not, you know, but like thinking I think about. So I think I've seen something. Yeah. Yeah. How, how you know, because part of the customer journey is is like the, the, the gift giving or, or, you know, giving back to the client, you know, but some people don't really care about the gift, right? Like maybe they want the quality yeah. time, which is why, like, you know, I figured out on some of my clients, oh, they're quality time. Let's go. Let's go play golf, you know? So now I have a golf buddy. That, that, that we have, yeah. you know, and then it's like, okay, oh, but this person like, likes gifts. Let's, you know, let's go in on, on the gift. So it'd be fun to, um, mm-hmm. to really think about that. But back to the disc personality types, uh, I read a book called Taking Flight and it talks about the disc personality mm-hmm. types in terms of birds. So the eagle is the D personality types. He like soars above and he's the 30,000 foot view and super impulsive and not necessarily bird oriented and very quick. You know, and then the I personality types are the parrots and they're like, you know, the party and flashy and flamboyant and, you know, bird oriented, you know, uh, and then you have the, the pigeons or the doves, either the pigeons or the doves. They're like, you know, slow moving and they want to, you know, it's all about the feel mm. and the nurture aspect. And then you have the owls that are C personality types that are like all about the numbers and very analytical and blah, 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 blah. So anyway, it was really good to know. And it's been helping me not just with my clients, but like, you know, internally with staff, where it's like, oh, okay, you know, let's have a little bit more grace with this person because this is their personality type, you know, and let's not just, you know, this person I doesn't get that. it. I'm Be like, well, this person doesn't get list. it. What's that? Yeah, that sounds amazing. I need to add that to my reading list. I like that. Yeah, it's cool. I thought, I thought it was a really good idea on how to like tell that story 
through, you know, through like birds or just like, I, I love, I love when, when business books and just any kind of books like that can tell a story, but with a story and not just like give me information. In marketing speak, I say they gave the, uh, the personas avatars. Yes. <laughs> in the form yes. of birds. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. So you, do you, are really you, cool. uh, you, do you have a book yet? Are you going to write a book? So I am writing a book. Uh, it's being edited right now. Cool. It's uh, How to Be a Marketing Boss, The Ultimate Guide to Marketing for Bosses. And it's all about marketing, but it's written specifically for business owners. So it doesn't get into the weeds or the technical stuff. It's like, here's what you need to know about SEO so you can buy it from somebody who knows what they're doing. Here's what you need to know about websites so you can make sure that yours is made to do what you need it to do. And really helping business owners think through what they need, mm. because literally that is what I do every day. I help business owners figure out what they need, how to articulate it using my knowledge of marketing, and I've packaged it into a book. And it's was inspired by, I've, I have like, oh gosh, like probably a hundred blogs by now. I'm, an, I'm a huge blogger um, and they're all about marketing and everything is written for business owners. So everything that I've put out there really inspired this book because I saw a pattern where I'm like, wait a minute, like I feel like these are the common patterns. And then I thought, OK, those blogs, I'm going to now morph them into this book. And that's how I was able to do that Very um, cool. you know, with such a busy lifestyle. <laughs> I love it. And I've written it myself. I majored in rhetoric. I love to write. And, you know, it's just it's a passion for me. But I am getting somebody to edit it for me just in case. Second set of eyes. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Talk to me about SEO. Is it what's, you know, I mean, we hear about it all the time. Is it changing? What's the news? Yeah. What's the news on the SEO front? So SEO is really simple. Um, and I feel like people overcomplicate it. And it's a lot of hard work. So it can be simple, but a lot of hard work. And that's where it gets confusing for business owners. So specifically just, you know, or in general, right? SEO is optimizing your content for search. That's really what it is. It's making sure that your content is the best that it can possibly be. So it's the easiest piece of content to come up in search. Where it gets complicated and time consuming and expensive is if you're in a space, say personal injury law, right? Where everybody and their mom is like trying to be that first position organically, right? Then you got a lot of work cut out for you and that's where it gets expensive. And so, you know, I see with SEO where people overcomplicate it and they make it way too technical and they miss out on the beauty of writing a blog that's interesting, right? Like you can have an SEO optimized blog or SEO optimized landing page or website or whatever that checks all the boxes, but it's boring. No one wants to read it. Like it'll, you know, like no one's gonna wanna spend time there or it's not boring, but it's targeting the wrong audience. Like I can put a, a viral video I have, like, you know, on, on social media but if it's not my intended audience, what good is that to me? It's the same thing with SEO. That's where it gets so confusing and so complicated and where people miss the mark is they think, oh, I just need to be seen. And no, it's like you need to be seen, but by the right people. Like I was auditing a site for a client and I um, use funny word choice. I said, what in the world is your SEO company doing targeting people in Africa? Like 30% of like, this is a personal injury law firm in a specific state in the US, I won't say who, but like 30% of their traffic was coming from Africa. Like, 
what in the world? Right. And I'm like, I'm sure it looks pretty on a report, you know, that you have millions of views, but I'm like, not really converting into clients for you and your personal, I'm going to say personal injury law firm in Nebraska. I'm going to call it Nebraska. Let me ask right? you this. Are people buying don't you these want traffic in Nebraska? <laughs> are people buying this SEO traffic? So one of the ways that you do it is it's called black hat SEO, where you basically embed links in places that are already getting high traffic and you use things like clickbait or whatever to like trick people into clicking on your stuff. And you can see it because there's usually like a high bounce rate. It's like you click on stuff and you get out because it's not what you're really wanting. It's like a deceitful practice. Mm. Um, that's one way that people do it. Or they pay other sites and they say, hey, you have a high traffic site. Let me pay you and put one of my pieces of content here or put some of my links on your on your stuff. Um, it's nice when it's done organically. Like I link a lot of my blogs to external sources as a reference because I'm not just making stuff up. I have other references to what I'm saying. So it's nice when it happens organically and Google rewards you for it. But again, the black hat is when you're playing the system and you're putting links in random places just because it has, you know, high traffic, like, right. you know, EDU websites. Like, what would a college student really, did they get in an auto accident in Nebraska? Like, <laughs> in Cal, like you know, at the University of California? Like, no, that's like black hat SEO all the way. It's like they're just stuffing links wherever there's traffic to make the numbers look good. And then, you know, there are people that they use bots. They use bots to drive up traffic. That happens too. Is that, is that, um... Does Google, is Google aware of this? And, and is it dinging their site as a result? Google is aware of it. When they catch these things, it ultimately ends up hurting you. So one of the metrics that Google uses to rank sites is the bounce rate. So if you're getting a ton of traffic, but your bounce rate is really high and your site is not converting, and I'll translate that into plain English in a second, then that's like a, a series of symptoms that you're doing something wrong. And over time, Google will see the combination of these symptoms and start to penalize you. So what does it mean? If I'm getting a lot of traffic and people are bouncing right out at, an, uh, at a high rate, right? It could be for one of two reasons. One is because I'm using unethical or deceitful means to get the traffic there and they're not interested. I'm clicking sale on flowers and I'm selling them shoes. Right? That's an easy example to understand. Another reason is my content is so efficient that people get in and I'm selling black shoes and they're clicking on a button that says black shoes and they know right away. They either like the shoes or not. So they bounce right out, not because they're not interested, but because they are interested. They understood what was being offered and they didn't want it. And that's okay as long as people are interested in buying. So like, I'll give you an example. I was auditing another site and their bounce rate went from 12% because it was a brand, when it was a brand new website, like the first month, okay? It was 12%, it went up to 75% and they're like, should we be worried? And I'm like, no, because I can see that people are filling out your forms, the phone is ringing, so I'm not concerned. Your bounce rate went up 
because your website is so efficient, like your stuff is so organized that people quickly find out, do they want to hire you or not? Are they interested in the next step or not? And then they bounce right out. I would be concerned if it went from 12% to 75% bounce rate and people were not buying, people were not calling, like, and Google sees that as well. They see that type of activity and they see the combination of, of things and they either penalize you or reward you over time. But here's where it gets tricky. Really crafty black hat SEO companies, what they do is they work so hard and they spend so many hours doing these, I'm gonna call it deceitful SEO um, things that they, they generate so much traffic that by the time something hurts them, they just delete it and it doesn't matter because they've already replaced that traffic with some other weird source. So like to give you an example, the Africa example, by the time Google caught up with that, they've already put links on some other site. So when that goes away and they get penalized, they've increased it somewhere else. And it's like this constant, it's like dumping water out of a leaky boat. Like it's a lot of work, they charge a lot of money because they're doing all this labor, but it's like so inefficient. And at the end of the day, it doesn't give you more clients. It won't. Right. It just won't. Because it's not the audience you really need. It's just numbers. It's like inviting a bunch of people to your birthday party and none of them are your friends. <laughs> like, yeah, the house is full, but the point yeah. of that. <laughs> so. what, are you, what are your thoughts on a, um, on a website these days besides, you know, attorneys? You know, would a, wouldn't a landing page that gets them to convert be more, just a better way to go? Absolutely. And it really depends on your industry. So like uh, one of my clients is a, a aesthetic spa and they were thinking they needed this like robust website when I'm like, no, you just need something simple where people can see your services and just book their appointment or book a consultation and call it a day. Like you don't need a bunch of content. It's a different business model. And based on where they were in their business, a SEO strategy or a content strategy, by the time it pays off in their space, like they would, they would, it wouldn't be worth all that money and all that work. It was easier to have a simple landing page and just run ads on Google. So that when people were searching for, um, you know, Botox or, you know, whatever, microdermabrasion, their stuff would pop up, people would book and call it a day. That's what made sense for their business. So for a lot of businesses that are in that same situation, I make the recommendation, like keep it simple and make sure that people can, you know, that it looks nice, that people can appreciate your look, your feel and all of that and, and just run ads. That's actually what I usually recommend to people that are just starting out that, you know, haven't, haven't been around for too long. Like that's my usual recommendation is simple and run ads. What kind of ads are you telling them to run? Usually Google. If it's, again, it just depends on the business, but let's see. You can get more hits to your ads on social media in some instances, but the quality of the leads is usually lower. And again, this is not just in the legal space, this is in any business. And think about it, it's logical. If I'm on social media to, you know, stalk my, you know, exes from 20 years ago or whatever people do on social media, right? Or watch puppy videos or dog videos or whatever. I'm not thinking about shopping. I'm not thinking about solving a problem. I'm escaping the stuff I need on social media. That's usually why people go. They're just there to entertain themselves. Versus the mindset of somebody on Google is 
I have a problem. I'm looking for a solution. I'm researching the, the results. I'm shopping. It makes more sense to sell them something with an ad than on social media where I'm just minding my business. Oh yeah, your exercise program. Next, like, I don't care. Like, I don't know why. I mean, maybe it's because I'm in my 40s, but I've been getting bombarded by so many ads on social media for like exercise stuff. And I'm just like so over it. If anything, it's like starting to really bother me. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it makes me not want to buy their stuff. You know, will I accidentally click on the ad as I'm trying to get past it? Yes. And guess what? They're going to charge. They're going to get charged for me as a lead when I was trying to just skip them, when I was trying to just scroll past. That happens a lot on social media. So nine times out of 10, eight times out of 10, whatever statistic you want to make up there, I tell people just advertise on Google. People have a problem. You have a solution direct. The shortest distance between your prospect and you is going to be a Google ad for most cases. I don't like to make general statements like that, but I'm just giving, you know, in general. Sure. Right? Um, and these Google different. ads, are they... This is different, but that's my logic. Are they image-based? They're word-based? Or they're, are you A-B testing? I think word-based is going to be most effective because that's what shows up easiest. The image-based ads are going to be mostly for remarketing. So, like, if I'm Googling black shoes and I see an ad for black shoes, from the text, I can click on it. If it fits the description of what I'm looking for, I'm gonna click on it. It's gonna lead me to a landing page or whatnot. Um, and then later on when I'm minding my business on Amazon, I might see an actual visual banner ad for those same ad that I clicked on before. Like that makes sense. The image-based ads work best when they're remarketing or retargeting ads. I don't usually recommend just image-based unless you're trying to just be popular and be seen and you're not really concerned about results as much then that makes a little bit more sense but i usually recommend search ads that pop up the search engine or uh, the location ads that pop up in the location section on google with you know a combination of remarketing so with banner ads emails stuff like that maybe even social media remarketing that works too do you guys handle all of that stuff in-house we don't implement any marketing. We have teams that we can refer out. So we actually get asked a lot about vendors. We have a whole directory on our website where people can self-search. These are all vetted, you know, people that have passed the crazy test. Like we know they know what they're doing. We trust them. They're vetted vendors that you can just research on our website, on our directory. And then obviously if you're a client, we'll help you with that process. So right now I had a client that said, hey, you know, I'm running ads and I'm getting calls from people that speak Spanish. We need somebody that can answer these calls. We did some research, vetted a couple of vendors, and we're like, okay, you have three vendors that you can connect with, see which one you connect with the most, and then we'll help you get set up. So that's usually how we work that piece. We do have a preferred PPC vendor that we seem to be referring a lot, but it just really depends on the client, their budget, their needs, and all of that. In some cases, we'll train people to just run ads. We had a client that they had a family business and it was three different companies in their family business and they wanted somebody in-house to just run ads. So we hired a team or we subcontracted a team like of actual PPC vendors to train their in-house team so that they can just do it themselves. We do that as well. We build teams cool. in-house. What, um, what's the crazy test? How do you guys crazy test these people? <laughs> The crazy test. Listen, we're really big believers in like there are some people that are just, you know, easy to work with that 
know how to communicate their needs, wants, opinions in a clear, respectful manner. And to us, those things are fundamental. We really, really surround ourselves and are very selective with our clientele so that, you know, it's positive energy. It's people that are wanting to grow. Um, there's something called marketing PTSD that I, I came up with that label. Maybe it's out there already. But there are some business owners that have so much marketing PTSD and they're so far gone that really, even if you're trying to help them, you just can't because everything's negative. Everything's a problem. Everything's woe is me. Here we go again. And it's like we try to be a place of healing. Um, so, you know, so we work with vendors that understand, hey, some of these business owners have had bad experiences, have had, you know, some bumps that they're still healing from. Are you able to help them through that and not get defensive? Like we really look for that with the vendors that we work with. We look for vendors that are able to take feedback, that are able to ask questions before getting defensive, you know, that understand that it's all coming from a place of, hey, we just wanna both help the client. Um, you know, like I'll give you an example of a vendor that did not pass the crazy test was, you know, we had a PPC vendor that we like trained we gave them every single resource, like help them as much as possible, but no matter what, they just wouldn't follow through on their end. And whenever they were questioned or challenged, like, hey, why wasn't this done? Or, you know, did you not understand the, the task? It was, oh, well, you know, always some excuse. And it's like, listen, that's not gonna help you or anybody here. Like, let's just, you know, we, we like to work with vendors and we like to recommend with vendors that are like, all right, you know, even if you make a mistake because we're human, right? Oh man, all right, you know what? I got that wrong. Um, let me fix it. It'll be done in two days or it'll be done in five days or it'll be done in whatever, you know, but just own it, fix it, move on. Like that's what we look for in order to make sure that you can pass the crazy test. <laughs> so not yeah. not a lot to ask, right? <laughs> no, you, you touch on a good subject as far as like people getting PTSD from marketing because just this this whole, I do not understand why... I'm trying to figure it out, but I have not figured out why this particular sector of, of, of business, like just marketing professionals, we'll call them, um, why they're so just bad at what they do. Because there's no quality control. It's not like being a doctor or a lawyer where you have to be certified, where you have to, like anybody, like including my 14-year-old son, which he's done this, and I'm like, good job, but at the same time, don't do that can go to YouTube, learn how to do something and sell it. My kid's 14. He like told somebody that he knew how to edit video and sold the service. You know what I mean? And I'm like, good for you, but dude, come on. Have a, like, you don't know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like you have some basic skills. And he's like, well, I did better than the guy that hired me. So, and I'm just like, let's not, you know, poison the well here. But cause I, I really am passionate about that. Like I really get frustrated and maybe this is some healing that I need to do with people that have no business selling marketing services that are really good salespeople that know how to charm, wine and dine, whatever, you know, and they poison the well. And these poor business owners get, oh, they're promising me the moon and stars. Right. And, that's, and, and they know how to tell business owners what they wanna hear. And they get in, they make their money, they get out. And by the time the business owner figures out that it's not working or starts to kind of get a sense of, oh my God, I just wasted my money, I just got duped, the vendor or the freelancer or whatever has five other clients to take their place and they're like, peace out. And that's how it goes. 
that is that's how it how goes, goes. it's very frustrating to us <laughs> to me yeah, in extremely. particular but my entire team i think we're all very like-minded in that way like we're really protective of business owners and because these are their babies i don't know if you you probably have kids right like i, I have do. five little boys like to me a business you got is five like a kids? little baby i do i have five little boys you got an and army that's, I do. That's amazing. I do. They're, how, I guess, the basketball team. <laughs> how do you? How do you? How do you do it? So I don't do it all myself. I have a really amazing, you know, partner in crime. Uh, their father is an amazing person and really, really involved, and just on top of his game, really, with the kids, and uh, has given me the opportunity to grow as an entrepreneur and supported me. I travel too a lot um, in my spare time. Spare time. I do women's empowerment speaking all over the world. And I talk about, you know, just really being resourceful is the key. If you're a mom and you have kids, whether it's, you know, your your spouse, your your extended family or whatever, you need support, you know, even if it's just one kid. Yeah, I think you need support. You can't do it all alone. 100 percent. I uh, I got to yeah. go pick up the little one after this and uh, go to um, yeah. <laughs> go to music. So I'm taking her to music music school. That's awesome. She's uh, she's three, so it's been it's been fun. That's awesome. Yeah, no. When you have five, you're like, look, I'm gonna meet your basic needs. I'm like, <laughs> we don't have time for hobbies. <laughs> like, wow. I mean, none of my kids has shown an interest in anything, so you know, I think if they did, we would probably figure out a way. But I'm just like, thank God, they just want to go to school, go home, game. You know, they do their hobbies at home, crafting, whatever. There you go. So, <laughs> well, yeah. look, this went by quick. Uh, Margarita, tell them where they can find you. You can go to my website, margaritaeverline.com or marketing-boss.com. I'm also all over social media. Some people say a little bit too much. It's my hobby, my passion. I don't think so. Um, I I'm follow on LinkedIn, you. Instagram, TikTok, you name it. I'm, I'm everywhere. You can just search me by name. That's awesome. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I love these. We'll probably have you on again because um, I, love, I love these interviews. Where it's just like, man, that was 40 minutes. And be like, oh, wow, that's quick. So, yes. Super knowledgeable. Thank you so much for having me. 100%. You guys, if you guys are in need of marketing help, Margarita, she's legit. Uh, definitely vouch for her. I met her at a mastermind. Um, and so she's, you know, she definitely does what she says she does. Uh, talks the talk, walks the walk, and, and really a really good professional. And she can definitely help your business. So reach out to her. And um, that's our show uh, brought to you by LaDuke Entertainment for all of your video and social media marketing needs. And um, you can always watch Spaghetti on the Wall on YouTube and catch it on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere where you can find a podcast. And I'll see you all next week. <laughs>